Hello everyone, um, welcome to another podcast, might be a video podcast, might be an audio podcast, depends what you're doing, um, got a pretty cool guest, he's been on the podcast before, not in video and in the worst audio of all time with the podcast, so it'd be nice to hear him in high definition. Um, you might be watching this video early, advert. Not really an ad, so stick with me. You might be watching this video early because you've got exclusive access on patreon.com forward slash the downbeat, which costs just one pound or whatever that is in your currency, and then you get early access to stuff and you might be, be able to watch this glorious video. Or you might be watching this later on YouTube, like ages later after the normal people, if they're like the good people have seen it on Patreon. You might just be listening to this on all the normal platforms. Or maybe you've even... Maybe you're just wearing a cool t-shirt from www.thedownbe.at. Maybe you're just doing that. You're just hanging out doing that. I don't know. Who cares? That's my plugs. They're all to do with me. No one's given me any money to give you a proper advert. Usually I'll tell you what I've been up to, but I haven't really been up to anything. Just doing this. Just generally doing podcasty things. My guest this week on the Downbeat podcast is a Grammy winning, I was going to say nominated because he's been nominated a few times, but Grammy Grammy winner, granddad winner, Will Putney. He's a producer. He's the brains behind Fit for an Autopsy, his awesome band. He's more brains in the band End. He's very fucking good at everything to do with music. And he's funny. No pressure to be funny, Will, but you are pretty funny. Uh, I've just finished up the new Straight in the Path album at his abode. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his bands. We might bring back Goth Menu which, if anyone remembers the podcast Off Menu, I've sort of stolen it and made it about music. So I checked that they can't really get me for an idea, can't be copyrighted, so we will be stealing that. Anyway, without further ado, if I can press all the buttons in the right order, it is Grammy award-winning producer and guitarist Will Putney on the Downbeat podcast. If everything works, everyone should be able to hear you right now. What's up, everyone? What's up, Craig? It fucking Hello, worked. the downbeat. Oh, my fucking God. It's so, so much stress to set this Does, shit up. Isn't technical shit the worst? It's always one little thing. It ruins your day. It happens all the time. When I was setting this up, I don't, it's so, it's so boring, but you must have to deal with this stuff every day. When I was setting this up, Pro Tools was saying it couldn't see my sound card and it was saying some other bit of software was using my sound card. There was no other software open and I had to just press buttons until it suddenly worked and then go yeah. live to 4,772 people. Hello. Well, here we are. Hello. It's Look, nice to see you. It's nice to see you. <laughs> saw you today, saw you earlier, saw you last week to prepare this, saw you... 
when what christmas gave each other covid got covid together that was cool lots of fun thanks for bringing that over from the uk glad you could i actually think i think it was a little band called end going to play tit the season um which gave the tour covid Mm, we wouldn't have got it we wouldn't have given it to you the next day so i think it was just in new york just, I think it was just a coincidence. Just, yeah. We all just got it. Yeah. I, I feel like... I'm just going to tell everyone you gave it to end. Because no one knows the sequence of events. Well, now I guess 4,800, however many people do. But whatever. You gave it to end. It's fine. We're cool with it. Just, you know. What, you, know. you know what the weird thing was? It's like I did all the tests to get home. Got home. Tested when I got home. Was like, yeah, negative. And then big big positive and then every single friend that i have in the world pretty much got it on the same tour yeah we picked a bad week to roll through new york imagine but, if that uh, tour was a know, month long yeah it would have been rough at least uh we were all in and out and got to get home before it got bad so yeah super super lucky you got you're in that nice new studio will putney's Ooh, I, yeah. I heard a rumor if anyone doesn't know will used to track at little place in Belleville, New Jersey, formerly the machine shop, then Graphic Nature. Then he's since changed the operation to his house and a new drum room, which I didn't get to track in. I heard a rumor it was too loud and boomy. <laughs> it was, it's very loud. Um, we got construction in there now fixing, <laughs> not fixing, but quieting up the place. But yeah, we bought a log cabin, which is... Not an extremely well insulated building because it's just it's literally logs. So from room to room, once we hit a drum, we were like, "Oh right, there's nothing in the walls." So now we're currently putting it together. The drum room sounds great, so it's gonna be great. It's just gonna take a little work. Oh, so what? If you got, I, I thought it was just gonna be for drums. Is there gonna be rooms in there? It's basically Belleville relocated. So oh. all the guys that work at Graphic Nature are gonna work out of there, and then we're gonna share a drum room. Like like we've been doing. Oh, that's awesome. So the drum room yeah. sounds right. Big. The drum room's great. As soon as we walk, I almost cried when we hit a snare drum. I was so excited. And then uh, I walked anywhere else in the house, and it sounded like I was in the drum room. So I was like, okay, we probably should fix this. Fuck. But uh, uh, like, as long as the room sounds good, that's how we always start, where it's like everything else is fixable, but you can't make a bad room good, you know? So... Uh I, Treatment, isolation, it'll be awesome soon. I thought that with with my drum room, I like got a kit in there and I started just hitting it and I was like, fuck, this sounds amazing. I was fully going to treat it and then I put some mics up and was like, this actually just sounds sick. So I'm just going to fucking Yeah, that, I mean, that's the number one thing. Like, I mean, you've seen Belleville. You're aware that it isn't, I wouldn't say, the most luxurious building in the world. But uh, I hit a it, drum man. in there and it sounds good. So I was like, all right, we'll figure the rest of it out. You know what's funny though? It kind of was though. The drum room by the end could have been a coffee shop. Do you know what I mean? It was it was around for so long that initially it looked like uh, like a janky old room of like just just bits and scaffolding or whatever and you can see the beams in the ceiling and fucking dodgy light bulbs and then the world became that was what good coffee shops looked like. So actually, the drum room <laughs> in Belleville—if you just stuck a little like a little bar in there—wouldn't look so bad. 
Yeah, we were pioneering, uh, you know, coffee culture there for years. We have been, so it only it, makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. It could yeah. have actually, that's that's where it came from. Um, how are you? How's your day going? What's, what time is it? It is 11 a.m. I've been up since 5 a.m. because my dog was very sweet, had a nightmare, and uh, Did he tell took you what it was about? all of his legs and then just kicked me and then proceeded to get up and step on my stomach while I was sleeping. Um, and that's so a that big wakes, dog. Yeah, so I'm up, you know. So I've had a nice morning, got some work done. Let's set the scene here. with this dog. How big how is this dog for the people that... Don't Stampy know. is uh, like a, almost a 70 pound pit bull. He's very sweet. He's a cuddler. Is he sweet? Little, though? He's sweet at night and in the morning. <laughs> then there's like a block of 12 hours where he's out of his mind. He's special. When you rescue a dog, you get like a garbage dog and, um, you know, they come with baggage. His He's he's definitely a special Special Isn't it? Boy. Do you use that as? Do you use that as like an excuse if something happens when you're walking in? Because I use it all the time, even with. So yeah, Pamela. that's the thing. If you rescue a dog and they're bad or you're bad at training them, which is probably a combination of both with my dog, uh, I always just get the password. I was like, oh yeah, you know, he we we saved him yeah. and he's just a little emotionally weird and that's why he's you know barking at a light bulb and screaming at children and yeah you know. It it uh it's it's a little cover. <laughs> Barking at a light bulb. I feel like that's that's not just a random thing that you said. He does that, doesn't he? He doesn't like hanging lights and any of the glass or ceramic ones, where they make like a like a ring, like a bell sound to him if you flick them. Um, it's like a trigger for him. So it's like the nom flashback happens, and I don't know what happened to this dog in his past life, but he's just. There's just a few things that are just normal as hell that are just the end of the world for him. But um, you know, I got. We're, um, we're working through it. We're working through it. I got <laughs> our little Chihuahua. Obviously, slightly less, uh, you know, psychotic in term. I mean, not even slightly less psychotic. Sli slightly less like dangerous. Could be dangerously psychotic, but. She wouldn't eat food for the longest time. Like, we were just like, what is going on? We tried all the different types of food or whatever. She just wouldn't eat it. She would eat treats or whatever, so we just had to just give her treats. Then one day, we put her food on in a bowl on a carpet instead of on just the normal kitchen floor. And she took the food out of the bowl onto the carpet and ate it there. And that's the only way she'll eat. Hmm. So it ruins the fucking carpet, but what goes on in a rescue dog's life for them to have to eat food off a carpeted floor? I don't know. I mean, wow. It could be worse, you know? <laughs> That's what I always say. It's like, oh, a little stain on the carpet. Could be... Could be baby you know, killer. Yeah, it could be mauling children running the streets. So I, I'd like to think we, we lucked out with them. Depends what kids... Uh, none it of does depend what kids. It no, <laughs> none of this is about music. Let's talk about music, Will. Sure. Famously. Let's talk about music. Famously, you are... We've got loads to talk about. Famously, Will Putney is Grammy Award winning producer. Now, every time I say that, Will sort of freezes up a little bit because I say it every time, even in just like a... Hi, Will. How's the Grammy? Yeah. Now it's just a goof. Um... But it's like winning a Grammy is obviously cool, but we didn't, I don't care 
that much. I guess it, I'm not. Once you I'm probably get it, supposed you don't to care. pretend. Yeah, I'm supposed to. I think it's cool to say that, but I, I didn't even know I won until people texted me. Like I'd kind of forgotten about it because I, when you lose three times, which I have. I'm like, yeah, hey, that's never happening. So I was just over it and off it. And then we actually won, which is cool. And I didn't even think we, you know, I thought Power Trip was going to win the Grammy, like in 2020, which is when it happened because they were nominated. Riley had just passed and all signs had just pointed to like they should have won, you know. So it was, uh, I was kind of shocked when we got it with Body Count, um, especially knowing like <laughs> Body Count would have wanted Power Trip to win that year, you know. Like everybody was friends. We did a song together on that on that record, and um, yeah, it was just surprising. So it was like bittersweet. That's why whenever I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but could have waited a year, you know. But I'm uh, obviously the recognition's cool. It's cool because now my mom knows like that it counts. Like it's better for yeah. people. You know, when you tell, oh, I play in a band. It's like heavy music, and they're like, oh, it's like Metallica. It's like the it's that thing. Yeah. Now. Now my family can take me more seriously. So my um, one, my one of those was uh, Reading Festival because obviously I'm from Reading. So you just anyone that you would speak to in Reading or family members or anything like, oh, you're in a band, are you? Yeah, playing the festival. And then the time that I first played the festival, I went, yes, I am actually. And then it was like, <laughs> whoa. Wait, so you're a proper band, so you're rich? Yes, that's how it works. Yeah. It goes from not playing the festival to being first on. And that's when they give you a million pounds to be first that, on. That's not how it works? That it that didn't work like that for Stray? Um, it's working like that now. That we got <laughs> yeah. a, a million pounds to record with you. No, we didn't. Um, Thanks. If anyone doesn't know what the Grammys are, it's the Oscars for your ears. <laughs> Is that the slogan? I mean, it should be. Uh, I just yeah, come up with that good. then. Oscars, the Grammys, the Oscars for your ears. Oh. I wonder if we'll get. I wonder if your career will take you to the point where you can host like a proper award show one day. Like you'll be fifty, have the most successful music podcast, and they're just like out of ideas, and they're like, "What about the weird guy from the UK?" And you wind up on, you know, NBC, and my mom sees you as like a old man. Listen, there was so many slight offensive things you said in there, but. Th but the main the main sentence was that you think I could do that, so it was nice. Yeah. But then there was a lot yeah. of stuff in there, like weird guy from the UK. I'll tell you this. You've got one of these as well, right? I, I do. Right. So I can't remember. They messaged me about something. can't remember what it was. Oh, like, because it, it was the best podcast award. It was the first time I'd done it last year. And then they, were, they posted something like, can he do it again? It's like, I don't want to do it again. I want you to give me some money and I'll talk throughout the whole thing. I'll do the hosting. Host me up, baby. Are you yeah, I, what, what, are you going to become a host? Is that the goal here? This is a Craig interview now. Like, this, where, where's, this, where's the podcast? At? Where do you see yourself in five years, Craig? Well, I'll tell you this, Will. There is 7,025 people watching this on Twitch. I don't know what... Hello, everyone. Love you. Um... I think, I think I deserve it, really, don't I? <laughs> I uh, I've sorted this out. Just put it on another platform. I just like doing it. I hate setting up drums. I love playing the drums. I've employed Gabe to drum tech from now on. Oh, nice. Because I just can't be bothered to do setting up, and it fucks my back up, as you know. 
So if I could get paid to talk and then get paid to play the drums, but not get paid to do, or just not do any of the stuff that precedes those things, then that would be great for me. Well, I would love yeah. it. Yeah, it's just like you don't want to do anything, but you just want all the money. I want to do the main thing, but the I don't want to thing. do okay. the bits before it. So right now, what I've got going on, I told you about this before, I've got Pro Tools running the multi-track from what's happening. I've got you on this screen, Zoom. I've got the other screen with the stream happening. Everything's being recorded so that when this finishes, I just have to go onto a website and upload it, and I don't have to edit anything or do anything, because that bit... I'd rather just live in a hut than do any kind of... I don't know what it is. I just don't have the bit of my brain that's like, oh, let me just fucking edit this and da, da, da. I'm just... Essentially, just give me the glory. So what we do. <laughs> exactly that. I understand. So, okay. Fair enough. We have different... Maybe... Okay, so if if I become the biggest producer in the world, undeniably, where it's like, oh, he's he's the king... You come do the edit stuff for me and Steve. And then if you become the biggest podcast host in the world, we come and do all the edit stuff for you. How about we just get Steve to do all of this? All right, fine. (laughs) Shout out to Steve. He's probably listening. Shout out to Steve's (laughs) side because he... Basically, I need a Steve. And I kind of have a Steve. I have a guy called Simon who's in the chat right now who does my YouTube minion work. And I just want... She just wants someone to do all that. Gabe's going to do the drum tech in. Simon will handle the internet. Just let me do what I do best, which is fucking host and not play the drums. But while you just said, if I become the best producer in the world, that leads me on to my, my, one of my two questions that I have prepared. Okay, let's right. go. Give them to me. So you are, in my opinion, and in a lot of people in the heavy music industry's opinion, the best producer in the world. That's very um, flattering. Thank you. I personally love, and we'll get onto this when we talk about fit, but I think me and you have such a similar musical taste that you just do the things that I would want the band to do. So when, when you know, when you listen, I'm listening to a bit of music and in my head I like preempt, oh, I imagine if they did this next. Like, uh, like example, and you actually do love doing this, like, imagine if they they flip up a little, like a quarter note, quarter note polyrhythm for one bar and then come back down or something. And then if you've produced the band, I'll think it'd be sick if this happened and then it happens. And I know, <laughs> I know it's you. Even if it's whatever band, I'm like, Will did that bit. Prime we do like we do like a lot of the same stuff. So and and I try to be impartial with just what I like when I'm working with a band. But you know, you fall back on your habits and tricks, and I'm I, I'm always going to go towards the things that I think are cool, and they just happen to align with yours. So which is that's why we work together. Which is fucking awesome. The one one of the ones that was like I liked the band already, and then they started working with you, and it just the album was perfect to me was harm's way because i like i already loved them and then you did that harm's way record post human yeah post human was that the first one you did with them yep first one uh and there was just it was just it was what they needed or what i wanted from them and it was like i just know it was you yeah you could tell uh (laughs) where our streams cross especially with the 
industrial stuff in that one that was probably like oh yeah. okay yeah that's, yeah that's my guy right there so yeah yeah you've done you've done you know a lot of bands is there any here's my one question out of the two that i have prepared because i'm a professional host um okay. is there any what's your like i always wanted to know how to play the guitar it's not an ad for that, right? If you remember that ad, it's not an ad for that. Stay with me. It's the same ballpark. Are you a guitarist? You've managed to get this far. You've managed to get through the military-grade anti-guitarist systems at the downbeat. And I feel like it's only fair that I give you an offer for that. The lovely people at Neural DSP are giving listeners of the Downbeat podcast a whopping 30% off. That's 30 with an F, 30% off any of their plugins. So you can plug your guitar in and sound like anyone from Gojira to Pliny, Tim Henson, Tom Morello. You want to sound like Stray? Load that one up. There's a nolly pack. If you're listening to this podcast, you know all these people. You want to get that tone straight out of the box or you can fiddle with it. I've been doing some fiddling. I don't even play the guitar. It's making me sound good. So look forward to my side project. Don't know what that's going to be. Not only do you support the podcast, but you support the wonderful people at Neuron bringing these plugins and they are wonderful people. Side note, got pretty hammered with them at NAM. 30% off any plugin at neuraldsp.com, excluding new releases until 90 days after they've released. The code is downbeat. That's downbeat at neuraldsp.com. Let's get back to the show. I don't even know the word. What is the word? For like, I want to say dream, like, put dream band to produce, but there's, there's, a, there's a word to say that, isn't there? It doesn't matter. No professional. Pinnacle band. No, uh, there's a there's a way better way of saying like the one that you aspire to do. It doesn't matter. I'm fucking brain dead. Um, I mean, I get what you're saying. Sure. I know, yeah. but there must be a word. Twitch chat. Hit me up. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Have you got? Yeah. Who's the number one? Number one. That's tough. Give me three. Uh, then they don't have to be in order. See, it's weird because my favorite bands aren't necessarily the bands I'd want to produce. That's not what I want, though. Yeah, yeah. The, the, why, so why, hang on, explain why. Explain why and then don't tell me them. Well, I think I like a band like, like Nine Inch Nails, for example, is one of my favorite bands. But I don't want to produce it because I wouldn't... I like somebody else's brain. It's like yeah. I want to just... I want to be a fan. And I don't want to be on the inside of of certain bands, you know. The number one band. This is actually very easy because it's something that I understand very well, and something that I think I could be of service to is Metallica. Has to be Metallica. I will, I will do unspeakable things for that to happen. Because it would be just like unlimited resources. We'd be able to spend as much time as we want. I mean, you saw the documentary. They spent years making records. Like, I've never been in a position where I have more than six or seven weeks to do an album, you know? And it's like, imagine what I what we could do if with, I had with this kind of time. With 600 days. And, yeah, with just all of the, like, everything at your disposal. It would be the 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 final level like fulfilling thing to be like okay what am i actually capable of and it's a band that i grew up loving that obviously like over the years has sort of had a mild identity crisis and like now is sort of older and set in their ways and it's like oh i'm i'm a little younger you could be my dad so i have a different perspective on metal and heavy music and i think i could be useful and it would be awesome so that's the one that has to be the one I don't know why that like just hasn't happened. 
Like, I mean, it's our world is very compartmentalized, like metal and hardcore, and like the scenes we live in. Then there's like a breakout section of it where bands grow from this and turn into that. But we we don't exist in the same circles, really. You know, on a business side too, like it doesn't like they're. Pro I'm just not on their radar. You know, and how could I be? Like, why would I be? No, I just mean in, I don't. I mean, not even you. I mean, just the just the concept of just just in every walk of life. But let's take it for this example. You're fucking old. You're still doing the shit that you're doing. You were sick. You're not as sick. Just get someone younger to give you a hand because they know I what they're fucking doing. I think it's like there's certain bands that are open to it and then some that are there's like an ego thing or they're so set in their ways that it's scary to do something different. Like I've had meetings with bands that are where I was like, oh, this would be awesome. I could bring so much to the table. And then leaving the meeting going, that's not going to work. Like they don't care about my what I think could be cool for a heavy record in 2022 or this kind of band, you know. And uh, it's been... It's been pretty eye-opening to see, like, some bands just want to do exactly what they do. Then actually don't care, like, what a producer thinks or what their label thinks. That's, like, they've been a band for life. They do this thing. That's their release. So you don't get involved. You can't get involved, you know? So the doors just close sometimes before you even have an opportunity, which is, like, understandable because it does produce a lot of great bands. But then, you know, you have stuff that's, like, slugging along where you can see the potential and it's frustrating. But... You know, you got to find the ones that are open to it. Is there an example you can think of? Because I can't think of an example in music, but then again, I don't really know about production that much. Is there an example of a band that were falling off and that you can think of that were falling off and then they got a producer? I mean, it's the one that I know because I worked with them, and I wouldn't say they were falling off. It was just the band had was just, they just kind of put it down. They had a hiatus forever. It is body count. You know, like Body Count was a band from before I was like even into heavy music. This is like one of the pioneering rap metal bands, maybe one of the first ones ever to do it, you know. And uh, then they just hadn't played for like a decade, you know. At some point they lost some members and um, they wanted to pick it up again. But they admittedly needed, like they were self-aware enough to know like we probably, if we're re-entering this world... We've been sort of out of touch with it. We should probably work with someone who's kind of living in it a little more. So that was, I mean, that's the real experience that I ever, the, that's the one like shining experience I've had with like a more veteran band. And like, it, I, it's working good, you yeah, know. How, and, and how did sometimes, that end up? Did they win the it, Grammy? Did they yes, get an they ear did. Oscar? Oh, I hate it when you do this. I hate it when you do this. <laughs> they got an ear Oscar. <laughs> they got an ear. Well, guess what? Now I'm not going to say Grammy ever again, Will, but now you're going to hear yeah. ear Oscar often. All right. Okay. Metallica, anyone else? Metallica's the number fucking one. Oh, man. Imagine how it's fucking gotta be good the it would be. One. It would be cool. Um, there's other bands that, like, just bands that I'm f a big fan of, Mastodon, Deftone, stuff like that, where they've had, I feel like, peaks and valleys and records over their careers where it's like just stuff i really understand as a fan like where i feel like i am the fan for you like i'm your fan base i know all your records i, I love your stuff even the stuff that people don't really listen to i still understand so it's like bands in that bands like that would be really really fun and rewarding because i'm 
and they're great bands. Like there's not at the core of it, it's not like anything sucks. It's just taking something that's great and making it even better. You know, so it's like those kind of opportunities are super fun and fulfilling because you don't feel pressure in the sense where it's like, God, this record's bad and now I have to make it good or everyone's going to think I'm bad. Like you walk into a room with a bunch of brilliant musicians right off the bat. Um, that style of workflow is really, really fun. Do you think, Oh, have you ever had it when like you work with a band who you've wanted to work with or whatever, or you think, oh, they could do with a, you don't have to name the band, or they could do with a bit of production or whatever, and then you just butt heads with whoever was calling the shots beforehand? Um, generally, I've never had a really bad experience in the studio where it's like, oh, I've, this band is awesome, this is going to be great, and then by the end, you know, aside from maybe like one or two records in my whole life, we we never really butt heads like past the point of just like mild creative differences, you know. But I have had conversations with plenty of bands where before I even got involved, I was like, I'm just not your guy because what I like either my vision or the way I work or what I want to do doesn't just align with how they see their band or what they're willing to let go and or who they're willing to let in to work on songs, you know. I've talked to one of my favorite bands last year or maybe two years ago, and then discovered that like three guys in the band want to co-produce the record and they want to be there for the whole mix and touch everything and like they'll listen to me but they're still gonna have three other opinions that then they'll discuss and it was just this complicated thing where i was like yeah i'm just gonna hate it by the end even though i love the band i'd rather just hear the record when it's done and be like a, a fan of the band got it got it so look at this am amazing segue here so in fit look at that look how wow. he's done that that's my new thing is at, is drawing attention to what seems like a s seamless interlude and making it actually not it's seamless. It's not seamless if you describe it. I know that's my new thing though. Uh, I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why why I started doing it. I started doing it on the live podcast. I was like, hey, everyone, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm doing here. I don't know why, and now it's stuck. But all right. Do you do everything in, in your band Fit for an Autopsy, whose new album Oh What the Future Holds is out now? Uh, no, I don't do everything. I write a lot of the material, but I keep my guys involved through that process. And then, you know, I jam with my drummer and work on stuff with my singer. Like the whole, obviously I'm heavy handed on guitar stuff because I'm writing a lot of it and I'm playing it while I'm writing and recording bits. Like it's sort of the workflow works good like that, but um, it's still a band, you know, like we still... Everybody has opinions and everybody has good taste in music in my band where I feel like, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel a need to really strong them or everything. We like hear any idea. It's always the best idea wins, you know, for my own bands or records I'm producing. Like, I just want the coolest idea. So whoever has it, we pursue that, you know? So if it's got like, so there's a, de let, let's talk about just the, I'm trying to get into the, the mind here. So mm -hmm. demos you start let you start a demo front to back give it to everyone and they go what if we did this or are you all writing it together yeah it's more like i i put something together show it to everybody see if anybody wants to mess with a part is concerned about a part you know i just like the feedback from my guys because i think generally if they're all feeling a certain way about something, it's probably an indicator like, all right, maybe we shouldn't use this or maybe maybe I should rewrite this. You know, we've had, you know, uh, there's definitely been songs, too, where 
I've written some lyrics and then, or, or I've written a certain melody or, and, and show it to him and everyone's like, I don't know about this. And then I've wind up rewriting it and it's been better. So anytime I get that kind of feedback and I could see another perspective, I could usually improve what I have, you know, part of the reason why I kind of wish somebody would just produce me. I don't want to put yeah, I was just going to say, it's like they're producing it. you. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I I I've flirted with the idea before, and there are like a couple guys that I reached out to that I couldn't get together for this one. But it would be f just like fun for once to be like someone else tell me if it's good. <laughs> like it's a, you get stuck in your own head when you're writing, and I I want I'm, I'm like constantly searching for somebody where I feel like oh I'm on a page with them I could trust them to actually help make this stuff better. I feel like I would just punish somebody because who would it I be? Work, I don't know. That's the thing. It's hard for me to um, like. There's pros and cons for all all these other guys. You know, um, I never really landed on like the one where it's like, okay, this is the guy. He take all my music and do it. And then the guys that I really look up to, from production standpoints or creative standpoints, aren't on are just out of this world where they just probably wouldn't even want to do it. So it's who, tricky. Who watches the Watchman? Who produces mm. the Producerman? I know. Maybe next time. I'm going to try something next time. We're going to do something. I want to do something different. Well, like a little so. co-producer co in there? Yeah, I just want to find somebody to fucking help a little. <laughs> I, mean, I would love, I would love, I just, I would love to click with somebody where I could be produced. I've never done it. It's never happened. No one's ever produced me. You're all spoiled. You get all the, uh, you get all the trinkets, all the little tricks. Yeah, but you chose that. You chose that I, bed. I know. I really. I'm not complaining. It's uh, it's go. It's going good. But it seems like it would be fun. That's all. I see. I put you. You and Josh. You've your. If you think something is right, there's there's like, you can push against you. You can push that. I don't think this is right. Where and you will be pretty resilient to one point. And like, no, this is right, Craig, shut the fuck up. This is what we should do. This is what we should, you should do. And then it reaches like, a, it's almost like you've got a power bar, the Will Putney power bar, where I'm like, I don't think we should be doing this. And you're like, nah, we definitely should. I don't think we should be... And you go, ah, fuck it. Okay, whatever you want to do. And it's your resistance level is perfect because now I've done three albums with you and an EP which will never get fucking released. Um, I know... If I get to like half of the Will Putney power bar, I'm like, oh, he's actually right. And in my brain, I can go, I could push him and get this where I want it to go. But I know, <laughs> I know he's probably right. So I leave it. Josh Middleton, whenever I've worked with him, the power bar never moves, which is like, I, I guess maybe why, I don't know. I mean, Josh is too busy to produce or whatever, but... The power bar rarely moves with Josh. Yeah. With me, you have to... I pick my battles. Like, if you want the rack two instead of splash three on the fill, and I think it sounds stupid, I'll say it sounds stupid, but then 20 minutes into the conversation, I probably don't care anymore because I'm like, I'll let them have this one so when I actually care about something... The power bar doesn't move. Oh, Half of this clever. Is it's all psychological. Because then I could throw that back at you. Like, dude, I've been doing everything you wanted all day. I'm just trying to get this thing. It's all 
I I I uh I definitely have learned to pick my battles, especially nice. with people who have strong opinions on music. It just helps you like kind of muscle up for the things you really want. That's clever. I was unfair to Josh then. That was uh I was thinking about the time where I recorded his solo album and obviously that's his solo album so it's what he had in his head. So apologies there to Josh. Mm. Um okay. The new album Look at that. Again, break character. Tell everyone where you're going with it. <laughs> you need, like, when you get the dual camera so you can do the character break, Ooh, pan. Ooh, that's camera, clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, pr I'm producing your show, dude. Come on. Please do. Please. We'll get, we'll get a Steve in here. Um, the... Right, so I might be wrong here. Who's doing the clean singing? Joe's doing the clean singing. How long has he been doing that for? I don't know. Five years? Six years? We started that a bit on the last record. Yeah, but this one's um, got like a, a song and everything. Yeah, we did more, I think, on a song or two this time. Um, we just like it. He's good at it now. He's fucking he great used, at it. I was like, yeah. is this another person? But I didn't have like any notes, so I didn't really know. Yeah. So we did, on the last record, there was an outro song where there was a bunch of clean singing and it was written for somebody else. We were going to have a guest vocalist. And then we decided... Now nah, let's do a record with no guests. Like Joe's like, I think I could do it. And I was like, okay, sure, a guy who just screams all the time. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could do it too. Yeah, I'll see you there. Um, and then he did it, and I was like, oh, this is actually cool. And now I'd just rather be our singer than random guest vocal guy, you know? So it's sort of us kind of working on us, like trying to write a part for like out of the box for us for somebody else that we really liked turned into like us discovering. We could do some of that stuff on the last one. So now on Oh What the Future Holds, I was like, going into it, I was like, let's just do a song or two like that because I think we have confidence that we can pull it off a little better now. Um, but yeah, he he um, he definitely did his homework and practiced and it was cool to it was cool to put those together. I, my personal favorite, have you got, a, let's do you first. What's your personal favorite from the record? <sighs> personal favorite. I like Two Towers. That's mine. I think because it's like it's the, the, one, the journey of the song. And it was, I like it because it, it was definitely um, at, re, out of the box for me as far as like writing and trying to tell a story in a song. I never really write like that. Everything's like pretty literal with fit or it's got its own little poetic meaning. But this was like actually a story time kind of thing to, to make a point. Um, I never wrote a song like that for fit. So it was like harder and it's long and there's like, hard stuff in it you know like it was just difficult to make the whole time it felt like this mountain but then when it was done i was like wow we did something cool this is awesome so that one's probably my uh that one's probably my favorite what's the story i don't listen so, to fucking lyrics well yeah, i listen to the drum no it does matter to everyone that isn't me all right the, there's uh, ten there's ten thousand six hundred and nineteen people watching this right now right and i bet you almost all of them aren't drummers so a lot of a lot of the concept on the record is like this inevitable conclusion that the world's heading to. And I wanted to write a song about maybe just coming to accepting the things that you can't change. And it's like hard to write a song like that. So I was like, what if I built a story around it where it's like, what if your past self and your future self could meet each other? And what would you say to you in the future? Would you like warn him of something? Would you try to correct something that he did or maybe other people did? And it's like this little journey of these two people locked in 
two towers that get out, they try to meet, and they're prevented from doing it by whatever in the weirdo story. And it all just kind of comes to a head, and the conclusion is that you just have to accept things that you can't change. What a fucking smart guy. How the fuck do you get the time to do all this? Wait, what? At I, what point in the day? A, a pandemic. A pandemic is how I had time to do this. If I had three weeks, I don't know. Maybe story time wouldn't have happened. But it was, we had a lot of time this time. It was nice. Everybody's tour. You know how this went for everyone, you know? So I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of UK bands actually that were supposed to come here and make records and uh, they couldn't just as who? you couldn't. Who? Who? Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know what I could say. You uh, being one, and then a band that we both know and like very much is another one. Right. And I uh, wound up just mixing that. So I had like some downtime. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to book anything. I'm just going to mix stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to write my own stuff. So I spent more time writing than I ever had. And it was, it was awesome. I'm I, Now I feel like we were spoiled on this where I'm going to have to carve that kind of time out in the future, but it was worth it, I think. How have you done it previously? Because when, whenever I'm around you, you are constantly working. Like the, the person that works the most out of anyone that I know. Yeah, I was like only in pockets. Like I would write when I was waiting for recalls for some other project. Like there was never, there's never like dead, dead downtime here. Even when I'm like, oh, I was off. We were still mixing records every day, you know, but it was like I, um, I decided... This time, I would just literally make it this month I'm going to work on fit, you know? And that was something that I had never really done, ever. It was always like I would I would be squeezing songs in in between projects and writing. And then when it was ready, we would book time to record. But my writing process was always just chaos, you know? I had a laptop in a hotel room for the previous record because I was traveling to do a record. And I would just go home at night and write after recording all day. So I never, like, had the clear head time it was always like squeeze it in you know and like if you've got like so do you block everything out so, so let's say so we did however long we did with you how long did we do two weeks something like that straight loves to yeah, fucking couple weeks well yeah, we'll do this album in fucking 10 days you're the band that i spend the least amount of time recording and that is not my choice just so everyone knows or is that that just because we're so good tom no, it's Tom Williams having no concept of how time and space are connected. And as the hours go by, you can't complete certain tasks. Yeah, he's uh, he's like, oh, we're going to wake up at 8. Uh, by 8.10, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get the guitar sound. No, we'll uh, get bagels. track from 8.20 to 10.40, and I think guitars will be done for the whole record. Then we'll go we'll go sushi, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll probably get we'll probably get through like four songs on vocals. So we'll just need like five days, and we'll probably do the whole record. And it's like, okay. And then he sleeps till 11. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so we've had, uh, we've had, uh, we've been down to the wire before, but we had two sessions this time. One, one without you also. So it was better this time. We got, we got, because I wasn't there on a stray record. No, we were remote. We were trying yeah, to, yeah, we, we did, we did good. I think we yeah. did good. But so do you have that blocked out? And then, because I swear that, you started something the same day we left. Yeah, it was pretty much on top. Sometimes it's like that. Is, um, is that constant? I, was, I try to leave sometime. I was squeezing stuff in because everything... The past two years have been crazy with shifting schedules and stuff. Everyone's, like, rescheduled record plans 
fall on me to solve <laughs> sometimes. So it's like, that was a rescheduled session that I got in. And then literally the day you were leaving, another band was showing up. Yeah. I mean, it sometimes it happens like that. What, uh, how many, what's your ideal amount of time? None of this is written down, by the way. It's just stuff I want to know. Uh, what's your ideal amount of time to make an album? Pla plan out an album for me. I like like four or five weeks. Six if I can get it for the right band. Depends what we're doing. You know, depends like if I've worked with the band before, what state the songs are in. It all it, it always varies, but Assuming... no less than f no less than four weeks usually has been the motto, and that's worked pretty good. You ever just come straight in and there's no demos and you have to write everything? Uh, yeah, it's happened. I wouldn't, you know, not everything, but I've definitely walked into a room and then realized that a band wasn't prepared enough and had to deal with that. You know, it's been better. Like earlier on, you take what you can get. I'm trying to make a name for myself and I just need to stay working. So I was, you know, pulling some pretty wild hours with some pretty bad <laughs> bands at the time but i feel like now i'm a little spoiled where everyone kind of has their shit together i will raise you that though when me and tom are writing and we can't figure out how to get two sections to go together it will go like this okay should we try this nah it didn't work should we try this nah that didn't work we'll all do it <laughs> And, and it's fucking I mean, we we do not that we rely on you but it's just so good to have you as like an extra member of straight from the path when our brains are just maxed out and we're like i got no fucking idea what to do i remember the prime example being the song only death is real we had the beginning of it and we didn't know what the fuck i think we had the beginning and maybe the chorus and we didn't have, and we were like what, what the fuck are we going to do and we didn't have anything and then we brought it to you and then you were like what about this <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's, uh, it's definitely my favorite part of the job you know like having a good idea and being like alright make it work now you know or, or solve, solve the little puzzle in it it's the fun part about making music to me it sounds like it's not as fun for other people, but I, it's the part I like, you know, I, I like that challenge because it, that activates whatever part of my brain that keeps music interesting to me, where like the recording side of it is the redundant side, you know, like tracking is punishing now, but like writing and creating music and like that side of it is the exciting part. Do you ever get like burnt out with music and have to be on your game uh it's happened sure when we get overloaded with work there's this like thing that keeps happening where people will say hey you want to mix my record yeah cool okay uh it's it's due january 1st cool yeah yeah when do i get the files november 1st okay cool the files show up december 15th oh it's still due january 1st though sorry about that <laughs> so mm. i've been like uh that stuff when that happens with multiple projects and then my schedule's all over the place and I have five things to do at once, like that burns you out because you you try to stay organized and now you're like, there's pressure involved with making music that never feels right. Like it's never the best place to do anything music related to me. I don't like working under pressure when it comes to any form of this job. You know, some people do well under pressure, like 
Brendan from Counterparts doesn't write a single lyric until it's the last possible minute, and then that pressure like motivates him to write to get cool stuff done, you know. And uh, it's it's so frustrating to me and stressful. But it like the end product is good, and that's the process now. But I don't work like that. Like I try to keep it organized and get things done. So when it's all at once, it's really um, that's when I'm like I'm pretty over this now. I can't even imagine. Like I've got one band that I do, and my burnout level is insane. Like the 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 amount that I hit burnout, and I don't even fucking do anything. And you're out there like, ah, oh, got a band producing fucking. I got two bands producing. You should have three bands, but you haven't mixed the thing that we did. We'll uh, have three soon. I've actually got. I got a speech about that. I got. I spoke to someone today about something. It's, this is not for. This for is later. not. For this later. is for later. It's for later. Um, what is the track after? I keep wanting to say the Twin Towers, right? Now that's a different thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say no. We didn't write that song. The Twin Towers extreme music song has been taken by Sworn Enemy. It's a fantastic song. If you don't know, who Sworn Enemy is go look up the nine eleven Sworn Enemy song. Fuck I yeah. will never touch a 9-11 related musical piece after that. So you just did Lord of the Rings instead of Two Towers? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I forgot that that was a thing until it was done. And then it was too late. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. That's going to, someone's going to say that. And yep. Everyone's just about Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, I wrote a song about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's an elf and he walks around and there's a spooky guy. And then I got this animated video done. And then I looked at it, I'm like, this is fucking Lord of the Rings, god damn it. Do you know, do you know what my my best catch of all time was? And I'm not going to say that? what any of it is, because I wasn't even there. But there was a lyric from uh, on the new Stray album. We can't talk about the name or anything or the song or anything. And... Um, the lyric was from an incredible, like, accidentally, because you none of you guys even knew the song, was accidentally from WAP. There was a lyric from fucking WAP in the song, and I was, like, listening back, and I was like, guys, we can't do that because of this song. And I was like, what do you mean because of this song? And then it played the lyric, and I was like, oh, good catch. Like, yep. that's, that's the beauty of being able to send stuff back and forth even though you're not here. Yeah, it happens from time to time, but... uh I try not to copy anybody. Oh, I'm not think, saying uh, you copied it, it on purpose. It's just a, it was a normal sentence, but because that song was the biggest song in the sure. world right then, like the Two Towers, doesn't have to be about fucking whatever, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, of of all the songs too, because that song, there's what to me, there's like one line in that song. So it's like any other. The fact that you knew another lyric from that song besides that hook, I was like, that's impressive because. Oh, I that fucking, thing was <laughs> I bought that song quite a, quite a bit. Um, yeah, and well, then I'm glad you caught it because that would have been a weird. That would have been that would have been the worst. That would have been it would have been absolutely terrible. And we're known for putting stuff from movies, popular culture. You know, there's stuff. There's a fucking from a meme on this next record. Like sure, we, we would have Adam every, Sandler run yeah, for a while. At, everyone you know. would have just thought. We'd done it on purpose, and it's like, and that would have been cringe. So we got like that would have been. Um, that would have so been. So when in the two towers, when Joe goes one ring to rule them all, that's not about that. <laughs> anyway, oh, man. where are, what I was going with this? 
The song after it, something about hate, professional. Higher level of hate. That's the best fit for an autopsy song. Oh, my, in, I figured you would like that. Because there's polyrhythms and drum stuff, and it starts with drum. Yeah, that's a Craig song. Do you for know sure. what it I'm is, glad, I'm glad you like it, though. I love it. Do you know what it is? Is It's actually the riff. I don't know what's happening. What's happening it, with the riff? There's a couple... It's a weird bendy trick where you hit the note. The note what, that it starts on is not the fret that's being hit it's bent like way out and it's hard it's hard to nail but it's like it moves in a weird way because i'm not actually moving i'm not playing frets i'm just bending notes up and down to to other notes i've never that's like heard a very it. basic way to describe it but i've never heard anyone do that i guess except i guess bleed but it's not the same pattern or whatever bleed has a bit where it goes and it goes up but it doesn't do anything do you know what i mean yeah that's the only yeah. other like not trying to say it sounds like bleed, but I've only heard that happen twice in metal. Maybe I don't listen to enough metal. But the riff, I know it's a polyrhythmy song that I like. The riff, I was like, this is fucking insane. Yeah, I did it by accident. I was like, oh, that was cool. How do I make that a part? And then figured it out. What, were you just jamming? And then you did yeah, it? Yeah, I was just literally just accidentally hit a note too hard and bent it too hard because I'm not very good at guitar. And then like it came down a certain way where I was like, oh, that was cool. And then I just found a way to play it where I'd like cover eight frets with two bends. Yeah. A higher level of hate. Anyone who's listening, that's what it's called, right? Check that song out in particular. Yeah. I would the Two Towers is probably the best the best song, but I don't care about songs. I no. care about cool things. Shiny, I think shiny things. A higher level of hate is more squattable. So it's, it's, dead, it's on the gym. It's on the gym playlist. It was it was yeah. deadlifted to yesterday. You are absolutely correct, my friend. There you go. Good. Um, Glad I could help. Have you ever? Because if people don't know this, have you ever play? Do you play shows with Fit ever? I haven't in a while. I mean, I used to. We did the early, all the earlier touring stuff I did. But I like Fit started when I started producing records. Basically, the same time. Like the first demo was like one of the first things I ever recorded. You know, so like as Fit grew, so did my producer career. And then it hit this fork in the road where it was like I actually can't do both things. Like couldn't tour full time and make records full time. And it's like I uh, you can. So I was like, what do we do? Like, do I quit? Do you want to go replace me? Do you uh, like at that point I was like, I found the calling where it was like uh, making records is what I'm going to do till I'm like till I can't hear anymore, you know, or I'm or I'm over it, you know, yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Whichever comes first. But the uh we realized like I realized like early enough to be like, all right, a lot of tour opportunities are coming up. I don't want to hold the band back. Uh, I know it's going to be an issue. Like I know it's going to affect my life after the band. And it was like, at the time, we didn't think the band was going to be a full-time career band. So I was like, we started this thing for fun. We're doing some tours, but now we're doing cooler ones. And now there's like international stuff. And I was like, I never thought we would do that. And I'm not really a like live on the road kind of guy. So I was like, but, uh, you know, I talked to them. They were like, well, just stay involved because we started the band together. And then we'll just get another, we'll get a fill-in, you know. So I was playing some shows then there was like filling guys we were going through. I was doing what I could and then subbing myself out. And then it got to this point where it was like, what if we just added a guitar player who's really good, 
who can just be a third guy. The band could always tour as a five-piece. We don't have to look for fill-ins, anything like that. And um, and we found Tim. And from, like, one show with him, it was like, oh, good. I never, I'm never, i never going to play a show again. Like, he's great, you know? And it, it, it made my... Uh, it took all that stress off of, like, how do I balance these two things? Because Tim's a road dog, dude, like, loves being on tour. And um, I'm the guy that likes the, loves being in the studio. So we just solved the problem with another person. And, uh, yeah, since then, really since Tim's been in the band, I haven't really played any shows with them. So when does that mean when you're writing, you can be like, oh, that was hard. It's staying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, do you? Do yeah. You- me and Tim always joke because he'll be like, dude, this part, like, come on, man, this sucks. Like, you play it, and then I'll play it, and I'm like, I can barely play it. And he's like, yeah, see? I'm like, yeah, but it's not my job to be sick at it. That's what you're it's like your with job. me. That's what you're like with me when there's stray demos, and I'm like, come on, and it's the fucking Dillinger Blast all over shit, and I'm like, come on, and you're like, oh, if you can do it once, then it stays, and then I do yeah. it once. No, well, we try to, I try to write stuff. Tim is much better than me, so, like, if it's hard for me, it's, like, medium for him. You know how people have, like, Thai spice levels? Like, um, I, I tap out first, so if, uh, if, if I don't write stuff that's impossible, it's just, like, not the style of our band. It's never, I'm not, I'm just, everything we do on the record, aside from like the little bells and whistles, ambient layer thing, yeah. you know, like the core of the band is designed to be able to be executable, good, live. So that like, we never really cross that line where it's like, oh, now it's impossible music. There's just like little challenging bits and that's what you got to practice, you know? Okay, okay, okay. I like this. What about, uh, so the band that you do play, Hang on, well, well, before I absolutely forget, so where can people not see you play for Fit for an Autopsy? Because people, c- people could not see me uh, on tour now until February 12th in the US. And then apparently it looks like Europe's looking good for May. So we'll be in the Europe and the UK in May. And then waiting to announce all the other territories once things start opening up. But we have plans for. Mexico, South America, Asia, Canada, Australia. So for all the international downbeat podcast listeners out there, we'll be near you soon. There's a lot, man. Don't fucking make fun of me. There's a lot. Okay, so the other band where you are known to stand away from your computer and play the guitar. Yeah, I play stand-up guitar in end. I play play sit-down guitar in fit. You play stand-up guitar like a cello. Yeah, it's upright took the frets off we're having fun we're being creative you know what um where like how, how did that even start because is that just some darkness that lives in you so will plays in another band called end um with brendan murphy from counterparts great what's greg from greg's from misery signals the risk taking bunch of stuff shilude everyone's in shilude but greg was in shilude doesn't count <laughs> Uh, what's Stampy from? Shilute. No offense to Shilute, yeah. but um, everyone's been in you. Uh, and then you got Billy Reimer, Dillinger. So it's kind of a yeah. super group. How did it start? Why did it start? Go. Uh, it started because 10% darkness inside me, uh, friendship, because these are all my Darkness and friendship don't go. Friendship's important. Yes, it does. No, all it my started with, be, be honest, it started with darkness. If you were super happy all the time, do you think I'd be like, 
Dude, I love talking to Craig. No, uh, it would be so uh, punishing and terrible. You're, yeah. you're right, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, everyone in it is someone I had like known or worked with previously, where I knew they liked this style of music, but weren't doing it in a band. You know, like me and Brendan had always talked about these kind of bands and all, and all the stuff from Canada that he grew up listening to, and all, all that kind of power violence and grind stuff that like we weren't really doing. You know, but everybody just liked it. So I was like. I, I wanted to do a band like that because I saw fit going into more of like a proper metal band and all that kind of, all that more extreme crazy stuff that lives in that world that I was forcing into fit. I was starting to realize like, these aren't making the songs better. I'm just trying to like satisfy myself, but I'm writing crappier songs. So it's like, what if I just focused it and had another project where I could just get all this out of my system? And uh, yeah, I just hit up all these guys and was like, I want to do this thing. If uh, I know you don't know all the dudes I'm talking about, like maybe joining or playing, but like, you know, of them and their projects, but like, if I could put this together, would you do it? And everybody said, yes. So like the first day that everybody met was at the studio to start writing and recording a record. So it was this weird, like form a band from people. I just knew like, oh, this is going to work. Like this guy's got this thing going on. He's got this skill set. Like, everybody like and everyone's just like cool and i knew we'd get along you know and um we wound up yeah that's how it started and it was just for fun same same scenario like i didn't think i didn't even know if anyone would like i didn't know how it would go you know how these go with like bands forming these little mini groups and mm -hmm. I, I didn't i had no expectations of it other than i just wanted to write that stuff and um me and greg banged out a bunch of songs and uh it was pretty well received and we decided to take it like a little more seriously, I guess. So we've, um, we're actually going to like tour now. We have plans to do stuff around everyone's schedule. So it's been, uh, it's good. It got, it, it got all of that out of my system. And now it, and, and where end sits and where it fits, it's, they live in two different spaces. And I feel like both bands are better because I can do both projects. Nice. What album is end on? What, what you got? We have EP? One e EP and a full length. Yeah. Is that it? So, Just an EP and a full length? That's it. Pretty new. Pretty new. Wait, there's another... No, that's it. That's all it is. Interesting. Very mm -hmm. interesting. Um, and ends. You got some shows. I do. We're on tour in March in the US and, and UK are and you, Europe. Are you going? Yeah, so I play the end shows because it's way less... It's way more part-time. It's so when we schedule and stuff it's all the guys that are in then are doing it so it's uh it's limited but i can do it and it's fun does anyone in fit for an autopsy get jealous no i think they're just stoked i honestly i think all of it, it helps all of us like because it bridges these like little roads between all of our bands counterparts fans find fit and end fans find counterparts and then they find fit like so it, it's been this thing where like i think just ha being involved in multiple projects has just helped everybody okay um just a final thing on your two bands before we move on a sure. little thing that i like to do which is imagine imagine you know the lovely marissa is not not a thing and you've got a, you've got a new squeeze right and you're at their 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 family house it doesn't even you know it could just be that maybe you haven't met 
Marissa's parents. You're at their house, and there's a old. It's Christmas dinner, and there's an older brother, right? And they go, "What does your band sound like?" Right. Say so, yeah. See, I love watching people squirm. Ugh, it's the worst. So, I, I just always go to Metallica because they know. Okay. So this, this, uh, yeah. this is where we go from here, though, because my concept with this is right. Have we got how many people? How many people we got watching? We've got thirteen thousand seven hundred seventy-six people watching. Now that is like a Christmas dinner where there's thirteen thousand seven hundred seventy-six people there. So what we've got is the mum of the Christmas dinner one of those 13k saying what does your band sound like right and you've said metallica then the older brother at the christmas dinner goes oh what like sort of and justice for all metallica so then your ears prick up you're like okay this guy might know what he's talking about so where do you go from there because it doesn't sound like and justice for all metallica yeah then i'll go do you mess with any death metal stuff he goes and like I'll, cannibal corpse yeah yeah, so so if I get a, if I get something back like that, like oh yeah, cannibal or like suffo if he says suffo, like and doesn't say suffocation, like oh, then I'm like oh we're in and now I'll say it. Yeah, this band is kind of like <laughs> you, you ever you know it's like in tune, but it's like power violence is mixed with this and that. This one's like we borrow from like early Morbid Angel. We do this and that. Then I'll just punish him with it. But if he's like oh yeah no that stuff's like too crazy for me then i'm like yeah. oh no it's cool you probably wouldn't like our stuff and is i'm it, out yeah is it like this uh, so is it like the screaming stuff and then you would just say okay you're not gonna like it it's scary yeah i got yeah. a similar a similar vibe yeah. there. The i think death metal is the bridger that's like the i'm getting past like the superficial i know the big four guy because if he could respond with anything death metal related then you could maybe talk to him about extreme music yeah but if it stops at if it stops at metallica it's good to just like you could feel that out with that question would you class that's how i would do it would you class fit as death metal if you were uh it's a little everything it's yeah, the, what, what it's you put the in, kitchen sink what are you putting remember when myspace had three three genres yeah i guess we do uh death metal metal and then probably whatever the least offensive one is we like to Pro say progressive now we I would say you're progressive we call it post deathcore how's that sound sounds fucking terrible if i'm honest with you <laughs> yeah that's uh, fine that's fine uh, I, i'm not i don't like it but that's what we call it now but i no, just, I, I mean i love the concept band. i love the concept of that yeah that's it's why i like it's it. a i'm a deathcore kid i like a breakdown i like a fast bit yeah us and die art were trying to coin that like a few years ago and then we realized that was a terrible idea and stopped what post deathcore yeah. <laughs> I, I I remember when uh, Despised Icon had a T-shirt that said "Death Metalcore." Nice. I had that T-shirt. I'm sure I, you did. Yeah, fuck. I, like I had the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, we came from that world, but I I feel like now when I hear our band, it sounds so distant to what like that current scene is. That when people ask me, I'm like, I don't know. It's like an aggressive metal band. Not knocking any. There's actually a lot of new deathcore that's pretty cool right I, now. I love it. It's all great yeah. in the gym. We just don't, I just don't think we sound like that genre. No, that's why I know? asked. Like, it's, yeah. fuck, you couldn't even say like extreme metal because that makes me think of like carcass. It's just yeah. metal. It's just all the stuff we like. You can heavy. just listen to it. Do you listen to it and figure it out for yourself, man. It's whatever you want it to be, bro. 
I don't believe in like stereo, like being in a box, you know, I'm an artist. Don't try and pigeonhole me. Bucket list. That's what I wanted to say earlier. Bucket oh, list. Oh, there bang. it is. <laughs> that just popped in your head. <laughs> That's how my brain works. Um, Ooh, that's crazy. Okay, what we're going to do, we're going to do some questions from the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash down because some of them are good for once. Sometimes they're really, really bad. Um, <laughs> no offense because these people give me money. So mm-hmm. some of these are, you're going to have some, this is great sort of insight here look at his arms are up for the inside ready fire away um, patron people so this is from pete barber not a barber i imagine just a pretty name you uh, don't know that don't assume his barber identity. I, can, I, can, right, I can see his hair all right and this guy not a barber i can't actually see his hair but that was funny wasn't it uh it was so pretty. my band records and releases all our music independently What's the best way for us to start taking our mix quality and overall production to the next level? Well, if you do everything yourself, you get to control it all, but you're only as good as you are. So you have to be honest with yourself. Am I good enough where I'm going to put the hours in, learn, go through the trial and error, like really invest the time commitment that comes with producing and mixing and getting good at it because you only get better by doing it like most professions in 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 this sort of creative world so is that you or if it's not find the person that you like because if if you're not going to do it and you really want your music production value to go up and not suffer you have to admit to yourself like maybe somebody else is better suited for this so you do it or you don't uh, I, let's assume. Let's. I'm going to do a little bit of assumption here. Let's assume. Um, what's the best way to start taking our mix quality and overall production? Let's assume they think it's the fucking shit, right? Not saying it isn't. Let's assume they think it's the shit. But how do we take it to the next level? Is there a? How would you get someone? I actually want to know this now. Well done, Pete Barber, who isn't a barber, who might be a barber. Um, is there a place where you could get someone? like yourself or anyone does anything exist where you can you know be ask for advice from a pro yeah i think like there's there's a good wealth of recording and mixing classes and generally people are pretty accessible aside from a handful of guys like i talk to kids all the time online and they ask me how do you do this what'd you do for that and i don't mind answering the questions because 18 year old me would have punished me today anyway with the same kind of question so i do understand that stuff you know um but i think yeah you i mean aside if you're the if you think you got it and you're putting the work in and you feel like you hit a wall the best thing you can do is learn from people whose work you admire and then so seek them out see if they need help with any projects punish them ask them questions buy their stuff punish me will saying just yeah i mean maybe there's no other i mean that aside from doing it yourself that's the fastest way to target what you're actually trying to do that guy does a thing i want to figure out how to do that talk to that guy you know advanced uh, evolution 
Yeah, maybe he doesn't sit down and teach me, but maybe he can point you to the thing he learned from. And that, like, you follow that, you follow those breadcrumbs by converse, communicating with the people whose work you want to, you're interested in. You know? I would also say, not really your world, um, Will, but my world, as we're on it right now, a fucking great place to get advice from people, provided they're on the platform, from people that you like actually believe in or people that you want their opinion is twitch because you can have your you got your twitch prime sub right you don't even pay for that your mum and dad are paid for that or whatever jeff bezos is paying for that then what you do is you come into someone's chat this happens to me all the time you come into someone's chat and you subscribe which didn't actually cost you any money then i got paid for that and then you hit me with a hey can you check my band out there's no way i'm saying no right, right? And then, and people do this to Tom all the time because Tom does like a new music Friday and provided the person that you do it to is pretty honest, um, you're going to get some good feedback that way when people just going, like you might think your mix is incredible and then you drop into say, let's say Tom from Stray's new music Friday. Hey man, can you check my band out? And then he puts it on and he's like, whoa, the guitar sounds terrible. So then you know, like you're going to, you, you can get, he might not say that, but you're, you're going to get that like, in industry like uh opinion without being super super formal that was a great question pete pete great. barber pete barber pete who barber. Might not be a barber who might not be a barber um right some of these i've already asked because i'm an absolute professional there was mm. one more really good one which i should have already had so i could do it quicker but i haven't um in order Great. Oscar Baker. Is he a baker? We don't know. He could be a baker. There's no profile picture. So all your all your subs are just trade professions asking questions. I love it. Oscar Baker isn't a baker, might be a baker. Might be a barber. Uh in order. If Pete Barber's a baker and Oscar Baker's a barber, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Oh, find out after. I will find out. In order, what band member tends to be the least annoying to most annoying to work with out of drummers, singers, bassists, guitarists? Uh, bassists are least annoying. Then it goes drummer. Look how quick this is. Guitarist, singers. Singers the most annoying all the time. Not all the time. That's that's. But when someone's really annoying, it's usually the singer. And then drummer and guitar, interchangeable level of annoyance. Depends who's the main songwriter. Depends who's the crazy one. It always, it's always different. No bassist has ever punished me. But you haven't recorded Dream Theater. For a reason. Yeah, that's because true. Because the, they won't return my calls. No, but I'd, I'd, uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, it's, it's different. It's different all the time. Singers are the worst, though. So that's not different. I mean, that's universal. That is a universal, um, like, I would say, I, this, and the problem is, right, it's just something, no offense to any singers out there, but it's Yeah, this just, isn't, please don't take offense. You're all terrible in your own special way, but it's what makes you good. Exactly. There is something in your mad little brains that makes you want to stand in front of everyone else, in front of loads of people, and make noises at them like right? whatever switch is flicked in your head for that unfortunately 
makes you terrible to be around. Without any, without any exceptions, <laughs> I would say every singer I know, and you know, there are loads of them are my best mates. They've got that one thing. I know some. There are some that are fine that are normal. Some of them are normal. A hundred percent normal. Uh, no. Nah. Uh, see, there's none. No, I'm checking them off as I go. Yeah, they all have their own little thing. There's none, and them. whatever that thing is, the switch. Even though I'm a drummer, I've also got it. Hence the podcast, right? A little right. showboating little pony man. I, sure. I've got it, and that's why I'm also mad. But also, the chaotic mental thing issues to, that happen there too. Exactly. As a result of it. And, and yep. you know, it's to answer your question, Oscar Bakery. He kind of answered your question there, didn't he? There was the order, and it was. Yeah. I would agree wholeheartedly. Although, depending on the type of band, I would perhaps. Perhaps put if there is a guitarist that does the solos. Sometimes no, because if if I had to pick one, I would put drummers at number two because it's harder to record drums than it is to record a guitar. The guitar is like one track; you can get away with a little more. It's easier to take shots at it. Drums is like it when it's when it's a struggle. It's really a struggle to me. Like I feel like uh, work working with a drummer who's like got his own issue is is harder than a guitarist generally because it's harder thing to get done right so the start to finish that's a more punishing process you're all the worst i, I need was, a new profession <laughs> i was pretty fucking bad on that last on that you were okay so, so you do a thing where Ooh, here we go you are you are good enough to know that you are not good enough like there's there's so there's the top teeny point oh oh one percent drummer guy that like the guys we look up to are like fuck he's the best he's awesome and they've spent a lifetime of dedication and work or their god-given like ability to just be this world-class undisputed this guy is just incredible at drums you know what it is what it takes who those people are and you write stuff that can be comparable to people on that level but it's way more challenging because you're you're not in the tiniest of the best drummers in the world so when you go to like perform you're holding yourself to a standard that's like them so everything sucks because it's like i can't this guy's so good and i'm not doing this like i've seen you're aware of what it takes even though you're like you're not the guy you know because i'm not now I hate myself and this sucks. But it's also what makes you a good drummer. It's like the, the you understand the instrument enough to know wh wh what it should be, you know? The the imposter syndrome keeps me going. Uh, I yeah. actually, I had that issue with my fucking back when we were recording where the strangest little thing, I had to change my, my completely change my bass the drum two, technique. The two kicks. The two That's kicks. Right. Um... Where I would go toe and then heel to do those. I would do a sliding motion, right? I now cannot do that. There's something that's happened. That's it's the only thing that's happened. I just can't do it. I physically can't do it. So now, um, I've actually, I'm trying to learn heel toe, which is the one where you do the, the opposite of how I've played the drums for the last 20 years. And that's what this recording session has done to me because I'm terrified of that happening at a show. So. Yeah. It's a bit boring drum geekery for the one percent I mean, of drummers watching. You did, the drums are great on the record. Now that we've got to hear it in all its glory, you did great. I so, thank even you. with a broken back. I I 
I'm very stoked on it. The drum mix, Will, is absolutely crazy. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. I put a lot of work in for you. Only you. Well, putting a lot of work in sounds like maybe I didn't do such a good job. Uh, even if you did a good job, it would still be a lot of work. No, it was... Uh, like I said, even if you didn't? Yeah, no, you did You did great, and if you played poorly, the drums wouldn't sound the way they do. There's you, just no way. The toms sound incredible. What Tom, kit baby. did we use? What kit did we use, Will? We and used a walnut one. We did. We used a Tama walnut birch with a maple yeah. kick drum. Shout out to Sam Gamble from Tama, who provided us with a maple... Tama Star Classic kick drum, mm-hmm. which is now ours. <laughs> I know it's great. Well, I bought the toms because I heard them, and paid, I was like, paid this full is what price I want. like a mug." Yeah, it's fine. That's how much I liked them. That I paid retail dr- guitar store drum price to have them for the session because I wanted them. We got Kyle and Brownie they- in the chat saying he can't wait for our drum mix. You're just it's the king of mixing drums. Mixing drums, mixing theirs right now. As soon as we hang up, as soon as we hang up, as soon as you hang up, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna start with? Drums? Just are you still doing the drum mix? How do you mix? What's your, what's your how, mixing? How do, how, how, do you, how, how do you how do you mix? mix so what is all this? I don't want to yeah. get onto a fucking hour of talking about that, but in order, how do you do it? Uh, I do a lot of it at once. The balance. People people start. They start soloing stuff, and then. What, what I've learned, the way I like to work is I like to put it all together first and get a good balance of what where my tracks are before I start touching anything or adding plugins or doing anything. I try to get it just sounding good with what I have. Yeah, but you've got to have a go. So you press play. What's the first thing you adjust? Well, I just listen. I go, that's loud, that's quiet, that's loud, that's quiet. And I balance the thing where I'm like, this sounds as good as it's going to sound without touching anything but volume. That's where I start now. And then I'll go, what do I want? I want to hear what. The guitars need to sound like this. Kick drum. Kick drum needs to be up. that. Kick drum. Kick up. drum. Up. Up. More sub. More sub. More. Yeah. So I think there's like, it, it, it's like, and that's where it starts. And then I'll like break into drums and bass and see if there's any problems or anything like that. But the little micro details. But a lot of that makes much less of a difference once you get the foundation of it just sitting good. You're pretty pretty fucking specific about raw sounds sounding great like the drum sound that we got on that last record raw was fucking like we your drums are very close to being 100 percent real on this record wild if anyone little 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 bit of sample here and there for like the occasional part where it just like is an effect but it's like they're very very real on this record i thought that when i was listening to it i was like that snare That'd be if anyone's watching that. What do you mean, Will? Every fucking album that you listen to that's good has samples. All of them. All of them have samples. All of them have edits. With the most part. Um, yeah, I did think that one. And I, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day. I was like, part of the problem with being being able to hit a drum hard with Will Put- recording with Will Putney is that he will not want to use any samples, so you will be busting your fucking balls. Yeah, once I hear what 10 out of 10 is then it's like, oh, you can't do eight ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's I the just, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there so. was actually some, because we streamed a bunch of it on Twitch, and there was actually a lot of people in the chat who are fucking idiots, by the way, uh, <laughs> being like, 
I can't believe this is how you record. I can't believe this is this is how you record. And it's like if realistically, look at the Black Album, the fucking best drum sound of all time. Uh, section by section, so you can keep that fucking velocity at as high as humanly possible. We would all love to be able to play. I like. I'm sure there, you know, someone like Eloy can come and sit and play a stray song from I mean, start you to finish. Could, you could sit down and play a stray song. Well, I have to live that intensity, right? But it would kill you. So it's like, yeah, sure, we could do, you know, twenty takes of a song or ten takes or however many it takes like that, where you're literally killing yourself and you're laying on the ground after twenty minutes of drumming at that intensity. Or we could do. Like a the verse, and then get a sip of your water, and then Glorious. not die. Glorious. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah so come to the show. It, it's only it's not like it's impossible. It's just like well, that's just comfortable. And if we're gonna like spend all the all these hours trying things and changing fills and stuff, it's like it's kind of stupid to be like, yeah, no, do it all at once and play as hard as you can and kill yourself over this. And also, know? as we've already established, we try and record with you in ten days. So if we were doing full takes. God. Look how annoyed he is. Look how annoyed he is. Um, it's the worst. Okay. Okay. Right. So I got a new concept. Uh, I'd got a text from Sam Gamble right then. He's not watching, but my drum mm. kit doesn't come in until mid-March, which is annoying because I'm on tour. Anyway. Um, God, Send it to me. I'll use it. It's really. It's literally going to get sent to you anyway because that's where my gear is. Fantastic. Right. You can use it. I'll let you use it. Um, Thanks for the drum, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate a, the drum kit. There's Thank actually you. a 14-inch rack tom in there, Walnut, which you don't have. So, And they sound incredible. There you go. There we go. Uh, anyway, so I've got a, a new little thing that I stole off a different podcast called Off Menu, where they do a guest's dream restaurant, right? But what I've sort of stolen the idea, uh, I call it Goth Menu, and it is... Basically a dream festival, but not just the bands, and I don't want a whole lineup of bands. What we're going to do is a very specific sections of a festival that I'd like to talk about, and then we're done for the podcast. This is a new thing I'm going to end the podcast with, because I did used to do top five of shit, and I ran into issues where people had already been on the podcast, they couldn't do another top five. And also everyone in the world has a podcast called Top Fives. We've all seen fucking high fidelity. Anyway, so... Goth menu. The goth, goth menu. The goth menu. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. The goth menu uh, festival of Will Putney. So what we're going to start with is, oh. at a festival, what is your accommodation of choice? Let me... My, my accommodation of choice... Let me give you, like, some just, like, some examples, because, uh, you know, let's assume... Uh, it's up to you. Are you uh, are you playing your dream festival or are you simply spectating? I'm spectating. Excellent. So your choices are the usual: camping, RV, hotel. Are you got anything like fancy there? Now I'm thinking I want to play. Yeah, I'm gonna open. N's gonna open the festival. Fantastic. Because I play with N live now and we have fun and we open. We've opened a, a festival recently. It was a lot of fun. So I'll do that. And our I want my accommodation to be the scammed green room that we were able to commandeer for the entire Furnace Fest festival that just happened in September. How did so, you get that? What what was it? There is we played a stage 
and there was like I forgot the furnace stage and then there was a trailer that was supposed to be a green room and it said like the something green room but it wasn't the stage it was labeled wrong and the bands like kind of knew about it but we had I don't know how we figured this out but we wound up with a trailer for us the like 12 p.m. band that plays on the side stage for the entire festival for the weekend it was fantastic leave our bags there bring some friends there there were snacks they would just restock it for us all weekend and then like there was the occasional band that would come in that found the trailer that was playing throughout the weekend but we just had the center of the room the whole time How it was we, awesome like what it was just labeled end no it wasn't labeled at all oh that you was just pro- found it, it was you like, just walked in yeah, yeah they didn't like put a band list up or dressing room we're like oh i think this is the green room and then it turned into a green room and then the next day we're like what if we just go back there? There's like no nobody there, no one's. So we just had it again. It was awesome. Was there like refreshments and stuff? Yeah, they kept restocking it. It was awesome. Like I said, there was a band or two that used it, but there but was no like a one center knew. area. No one knew. No. It wasn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe just cause, maybe they just didn't care. I mean, Furnace Fest was a blast, and they were very cool. But anyway, I want the trailer. That's I want the to take it to and and the location which we haven't decided. The trailer goes on the freight and it goes to Australia. And we're playing, this festival takes place in Australia. Love it. Love it. Okay. In so Australia. That's, I mean, I my trailer. I'm in Australia. I'm getting warmed up. And it's going on first. There love it. I love it. Okay. So the next thing in the Dream Festival, what is your dream refreshment to have throughout the festival? Uh, you don't drink. So normally- yeah, I don't drink. So, I mean, I'm a Spindrift guy. Hello, Spinger. My name's Will Putney, Grammy Award-winning record producer, engineer, Graphic Nature Audio, and I. I've love never seen Spindrift. him. I've never seen him reference the Grammy himself, uh, which means he's you. serious. Spindrift. There's also fifteen thousand one hundred ninety-three people watching this. So, and if any of you work for the lovely people at Spindrift, I have an ear Oscar, and I will market your beverage. Send me a pallet. Yeah, but and, uh, I want. I've been, I'm a big spindrift guy, so I'll probably just have like a little case of these that somebody will just walk around with, and when I'm thirsty, they'll hand me one. A little case? This is a dream festival. You can have a massive case. You can have a well, it's, custom fridge. It's not fridge. I'm going to have... Someone is going to be there that's going to... If this is a dream festival, I'm not walking around anything. It's the, guy, the guy next to me is going to carry the spindrifts, and if he runs out, he's going to go get more. The spindrift guy. Um, yeah. Okay. What flavor spindrift? Or you got a multiple selection? Multiple selection. Currently enjoying pineapple. Oh, who who wouldn't enjoy pineapple? It's very good. So um, yeah, we're in Australia. It's going to be hot. Let's just call, call it pineapple spindrift. Okay. So to be still in festival mode, I'm still. This is the second time I've ever done this. It will be smoother by the time I've done this. A few it's going times. good. You're doing all right. Th- thank you, about. mate. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. This um, podcast thing might work. So okay. So your ideal, like. So uh, your ideal little gem find that you would find at festivals. So by this, I mean sort of a band that you've found recently that are quite small um, that you'd like to you'd like to have discovered at a festival, maybe like a little a little little gem, a little tiny one, a gem. Yeah, I'm gonna go with two. Okay, this I think this band is little. I'm not sure because they're new to me. I did recently discover them, but they're called LLNN. Have you heard this? Yeah. Cope, Copenhagen band. They yeah. kind of remind me of like End, if it was like in space. Uh, Spacey End. I love I love it. Um, 
Band's absolutely yeah. great. What does the name mean? Because I've, I've... I, I don't uh, know. I should ask them too. I think, um, I, yeah, I've started chatting with those guys, so I'm going to start bothering them a little more. Ooh. Yeah, that's a great choice for that. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's that little nugget where you leave and you go home. You're like, I'm glad I found that. And then hey. five years later, you're like, oh, it's one of my favorite bands now. Do you know what my nugget of that was? You will love this. What do you uh, got? First on the small stage download 2005, a band I'd never even heard of before on the... I can't remember what tour it was. It might have even been for the link. Gojira. Oh, wow. And yeah. I walked into the tent and they played i was like this band's pretty cool oh no it must have been master serious uh and they played backbone and then they played remembrance and the breakdown from remembrance i yeah i'd never heard it before and it was i just literally just walked in i was like this is the best band i've ever heard in my life we had we had a very similar experience because i did that at a lamb of god show they were the opening band and i didn't even know i had never heard them and i walked in while they were playing and it would have been Mars era stuff that they were playing too. And I was like, what am I listening? Maybe it was Heaviest Matter or something. I was like, what is this? Somebody's like, oh, is that Bango Jira? And I'm like, why is this the best band? And they were the best band all day too. I think I just left the show halfway through too because I was like, I'm good. That was whatever that was. Is That's now what I like. Yeah. I, I got to share, share that experience with Randy who had not heard Gojira before. Oh, um, nice. When he came on a stray tour for a couple of days and we played San Fran and next door was Gojira and Tesseract and I was like, man, you got to come see this band. And then he was just, you know, Randy, like, he was just really stoked, just like. <laughs> uh, and I, I think we walked love... into Remembrance as well. That's that's the bit where when you hear that, you're like, wait. Everybody walks into Remembrance, yeah. I think Paxson, Nakus might have had a similar one too because I know he saw them for the first time and walked in on like a, old song i remember him telling me i feel like that's the move you walk in on remembrance and then you're just sold okay. maybe they just play it and like i haven't seen him in a few years maybe they just play it like in six every 60 seconds they just do four bars of it in case somebody walks in uh they they, they just play the end of it now i know they just give you the breakdown with the strobes and it's just it's the bit that we want just give me what i want yeah, yeah, it's the bit that we want. okay so then i want your like on your headliners I want your your big band, but I also want the band on before the big band. So, right. you know, I want your mm. your headlines on one day. Okay. Um, Hit me. I'm thinking. Oh, you've got to decide okay. actually the size of the festival. Is this a download sized festival? It's a big. It's a big fest. It's yeah, a big, it's a big fest. I'm in a trailer. The trailer moves. I'm just driving through crowds with a tra with my own green room floating drift, above them. So I got spindrift wow. guy. Yeah. Um. All right. I would like. Okay. There's two bands that I would want to see in certain eras headlining, and I would like the openers to be more of like a slow roll into the day because I don't want to get punished all day at a festival. That's the thing. There's not. I don't want to hear ten extreme bands in a row. I want like okay. nice music. Okay. And I want in instrumental music. I just want to hang out, talk with my friends, yeah. or in my green room with my Spindrift guy. And maybe I'm friends with the Spindrift guy. Shout out to Spindrift. Maybe you Spindrift. actually got like <laughs> that. Maybe you got a budget to hire your Spindrift guy. So they provided the. Drinks. Yeah, he's like a buddy that yeah. I pay, and he's totally cool. That he's getting it's way fucking, overpaid. It's yeah, Steve. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm paying Steve like ten grand a day to be the spindrift guy. To be the spindrift guy. He's, he's, he's drinking. Well, I'm like, dude, you can have one too. It's totally cool. I know they told you you couldn't, but like, dude, just crack one. I'm not gonna tell him. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah. So, all right. I'll take a couple instrumental bands that I like. Warm me up. Let's go. This will destroy you. Yeah, baby. Let's go Russian circles. And then let me get not instrument. Now let's let's get some vocals going. We'll get neurosis in there. Play nineties era stuff. Uh, okay, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nineties era stuff, but then do they have the projectionist man back? So projectionist they got- uh, I don't care. I like you projectionist man. Are you I don't care. Festival? I know it's cool, but I don't I don't smoke weed. Yeah, I'll take the projectors. We got a big show. Give me all the give me all the production. Just do I'll take, yeah, do neurosis that that favor. Give me give me ISIS doing oceanic front to back just for fun. Snares off in a festival setting. I want to hear that. Yep. Fuck um, yeah. Wait, slow the fuck good. down for a minute. I saw neurosis. I th- I think I saw the last the last show neurosis did. If anyone didn't know, they used to have a projectionist, like film fucking projectionist guy that was a member of the band, and he would project shit. And I saw them at Hellfest, um, the French Hellfest, not the fucking early 2000s Hellfest. And uh, I saw them in the rain and it was Neurosis and then Emperor closed the stage. It was fucking Ooh, awesome. Spooky. Okay, you're at Neurosis, but who's your... Now you've got two right, big and ones. Then I want, and you're, me and you are going to differ here, but that's okay. Because it's my show, so I don't care. It so headlining this Australian Paradise Festival, it will be Metallica doing Injustice for All front to back. Why are we going to differ? Why is that? Because you're a black. You're so black album. No, 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 no. I'm at the moment. I'm black album. I'm. Okay. I'm actually. I used to hate, but the reason I'm so black album is because I hated the black album until I was about thirty. All right. So we're we're doing Injustice for All front to back with. The St. Anger snare tone. Blasting through the PA. Just give it to me. I want it all. I want to experience it live in that setting. Bass up. St. Anger snare tone. And Justice Why would you bother turning the bass up with... It just... Get, it just to, to just... It's just... It all happens. It's like Metallica went, all right, we get it. We're giving you the bass, but fuck you. We're keeping the St. Anger snare. And that it's just a high entertainment value here. This is what I'm going so for. So this is the, a guy that lives in music and works in music. He wants his dream festival to be a comedy experience. A- entertainment experience. Okay. It's an entertainment experience. Okay. And then, and then I'll just take a Nine Inch Nails set because they're my favorite live band. <sighs> what a fucking fest, Will. Yeah, that's it. And there's like, what was that, seven bands? My band, four openers, Metallica, Nine Inch Nails. And they rotate. They play a song each. It's like a big dick concert, like contest between the two of them. They rotate. Yeah, they play one song each. Imagine so going from and jo- oh, Trent would be so annoyed. Oh, both bands would be so annoyed. But I don't care. You play one song each, and then you have to be quiet while the other band plays. There was that's a, what I want. There, there, I mean, you. It's your dream festival. You get whatever you want. Um, then oh, cur- curtain drops. St- stage lights. Everyone thinks it's over. I love how into this you are. Lights go off. Fire. The curtain. Fire. Drops. And it's Rammstein. And they play Duhast. And then we all go home. This is all on one day. Well, they play, they play, they have their full production for one song. Yes. You're going to take Deutschland as well. Yep. That's, uh, yeah, we'll do Deutschland too. Come on. Yeah, we'll they do open with Deutschland. It's got a nice intro. Yeah. That's the song that converted Tom. So I remember yeah. I was there. That was in town. Yeah, Tom will be there. Like all the friends are there. So we could enjoy it. We can enjoy that song with Tom. I can't wait for your festival, Will. That, yeah, that's it. And we're that's like a, I don't know, 
like a seven, eight hour day. And what, what, what do you do after? That's what I've got. I'm written down in my very professional goth menu notes. This is definitely, definitely going to stay. I'm, I'm stealing this content. I might even change sure. the fucking name so people don't realize that it's not my idea. Um, what are you doing after the show? You got to eat. You eat after the show. That's the, that's the ritual, you know? What are you eating um, then? Dream festival. Dream food. We're, fuck, we're in Australia too, so I don't know. There's that. Dream food. We're close to Japan, so this a is nice... the shit. This is the shit. You could fly yeah, yeah. to Japan for the food yeah, yeah. if you want post show. Uh, at, at, I text the guy. We text the order about eight hours before, and they put the ingredients on a plane, and then a bunch of ramen chefs come over from Japan, and they set up, and you walk. We we our, we drive our little RV green room out of the festival. Spin drift drinking. They come on, and they cook us ramen, um, and that's it. We have ramen. That's it. That's all I want to do after a show. I just want to eat, and then I'm done. I want to go to bed. The whole show experience should just be, that's the release. And now I'm put pasta in my body, and then let me go to sleep. <laughs> Wait, does just, just ramen count as pa like pasta? Uh, uh, noodles. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy? And we'll end on this little tip. You guys call what we would just call spaghetti, spaghetti noodles. I don't call it that. I call it spaghetti. Some people in America call it spaghetti noodles. Italians call pasta uh, noodles. Call sauce gravy. Gravy and so noodles. That's a thing. Spaghetti yeah. bolognese, which I'm going to make tonight, actually. Well, that um, sounds nice. Beyond, beyond, well, I make a beyond spaghetti bolognese. I'd love to make it for you one day. I know you're a vegan. Uh, it's the best, it's, it's, it's the best thing I can make. Let's do that. That's what we're doing after the show. You get a little chef outfit on. You don't know it's good. You're you just taking my up. word for it. I appreciate it. No, but the, it'll be the, the joy of, like, you're, you're cooking for me. I appreciate that more than random Japanese guy flew in to make me ramen. This is Craig from the Downbeat, the heavy music award-winning podcast. No, and he's here, making Oscar, me, yeah. He's making me bolognese. Okay, to sum up, let's, let's go through your festival and then we're done. We are in Australia. We are... The accommodation is an RV right next to the stage where it's filled with spin drift, which are being provided by Steve Side, who is being paid $10,000 for the experience and he is allowed to drink the spin drifts. End is opening. Then we have... This will destroy you. Russians... Oh, we have LLNN. This will destroy you. Russian circles. Um, neurosis with projectionist. Although Will didn't bother, wasn't bothered, but I'm well up for it. Um, you can put it in. We got him in. Then, what do we have after that? We should probably have someone writing this down. We got ISIS doing Oceanic. ISIS doing Oceanic in full with the snares off. Unsatisfied with the snares being off just for that, we then have Metallica playing and Justice for All with the St. Anger snare drum sound. Bass um, up. Bass turned up. Then a curtain comes down. No, then Nine Inch Nails play a full set. Sorry, Nine Inch Nails and Metallica are flip-flopping. Yep. Two stages on the same stage? Two stages Two right stages. next to each love, other. So they, you, you have to watch them wait for the other band to finish. <sighs> love it. Watching, love it. Watching James wait for Trent and yep. vice versa. Love it. Then mm -hmm. curtain comes down. Um, Rammstein play... Deutschland do hast with their full production, which costs half a million dollars, but they play two songs. They leave, uh, and then I make a spaghetti bolognese. That's it. 
That's great. That's oh, a fucking the crowd, great day. The, the crowd is dogs. <laughs> the entire crowd is dogs. <laughs> my list, like my guest list, and every and then it's just dogs. No one else. It's it's Metallica and Rammstein, like you said, in a crazy accent, Nine Inch Nails and all these bands, and they're just playing the dogs. And then it's just us. And if you like the dogs are all friendly, and that's it. That's what I want. This sounds like a fever dream I had when I had COVID. That's the dream festival of Will Putney. And that, you know, that's going to bring us to the end of the podcast, Will. Yeah. Just think about dogs. I mean, I, I often do. In the silence of like, thank you. And then it's just dog sound. That's it's all I want. Crazy. I want a festival with dogs. And like, like you can, sincerity I'm, of the bat, like James Hetfield going, thank you, baby. And it's just yeah, dogs. Just dogs. All right. It's, that's going to live with me for a while. That was fun. Thanks, Craig. I'm so glad that you had an excellent time. I need to figure out what order to turn everything off. I'm going to stay on stream for the next 16 minutes because I'm still on the front page. I'm going to milk this little cash cow. We'll get some yeah, subs yeah. in, maybe. Anyone want to give me some money? Um, I'll put this on all the normal platforms. Go and check out uh, Fit for an Autopsy on tour. Uh, go check out End. Go check out the new Fit for an Autopsy album, Oh, What the Future Holds. Particularly check out the tracks. Two Towers and the track after it. Something about hate. A higher level of hate. Yep, you got it. I know the song, I just don't know the name. Uh, and that's it. I'm going to end uh, in this order. The stream's staying around. I'm going to say goodbye to you, Will. I'm going to stop Pro Tools and I'm going to be back to the stream. Okay? All right. I love you, buddy. Thanks, Have Greg. a lovely day. Take care, man. Bye. Boom. I'm still here.